Welcome to the Shine Within Podcast. I'm your host, Gina Canadian, and I am so grateful that you are here. I am a wife, mother of three boys, certified massage therapist, and an alcohol-free sobriety coach who helps driven women break through their alcohol dependency without the traditional 12-step program. Each week, I will bring you inspiring guests with focus on mindset, health, and spirituality, providing you the tips and tools to help you create unshakable confidence, clarity, and energy so you can unleash your creative potential and live the life of your dreams alcohol-free. So tune in for some fun, and if you're ready to shine, welcome. Because you are listening today, I want to go ahead and give you a free gift. It is my six-step blueprint to living alcohol-free. It is a tool for you to have, so you don't have to go to AA. Just go ahead and follow the guidelines there. It's what I used to help me through my sobriety journey. Go ahead and text the word GIFT, that's G-I-F-T, at 1-855-649-6196. Again, that's 1-855-649-6196. Welcome to the Shine Within podcast. I'm your host, Gina Kunadian, and I have a very special guest today. I have here the lovely... Nicole Taylor Chambers, and as a senior songwriter, intuitive tarot reader, and creative, Nicole has come to terms with her highly spiritual path. Having grown up in a conservative and strict environment, she always felt pressure to follow a traditional belief system. However, after seemingly otherworldly experiences and even visions, she has embraced her unique mindset and deep inner knowing. From 2021 to 2022, Nicole spent 15 months working at Esalen Institute in Big Sur. Wow. The Institute is commonly revered for being one of the most iconic birthplaces of the human potential movement in the 1960s, with a focus on alternative healing, alternative medicines, and the unexplainable healing properties of nature, Nicole's time at Esalen greatly shaped her. Simultaneously, through her work at Eslam, she was finally able to get to the root of her painful stomach issues, issues no one could previously diagnose. She discovered how trauma can become stuck in the body, causing otherwise unexplainable health issues. Working alongside incredible practitioners and healers, Nicole was able to witness and experience healing modalities such as various forms of energy work, sessions with mystics, and world-famous Esalen Massage. After embodying Mm -hmm. this less practical and more magical way of life, Nicole understood that she must lean into her creativity as a form of self-love. She is currently working on recording and releasing the music she wrote during the pandemic and welcomes all other creative ventures on the road ahead. Nicole encourages everyone to meet themselves on a deeper level and strengthen their bond with their mind, body, and soul. She believes expressing yourself is just one of the many ways to achieve a closer connection to source. And Gina, where are your reading glasses right now? (laughs) Welcome, Nicole. (laughs) Thank you. Yes, I'm so happy to be here. Yes, and reading the bios, I swear, I always stumble upon words because I don't like to wear my glasses because it creates a reflection in the video when I make it. So... I try not to wear them. And then I'm just like, oh my goodness, what does that word say? (laughs) So pardon me, but I am so happy that you're on today's podcast. And I 
didn't know you sang. And I was so blessed to actually follow you on uh, Instagram. And I looked at some of your Instagram posts and saw that you have a YouTube channel and a YouTube video of a music video. And I was like, that girl can sing and can move. And so I'm so happy to have you on my show. Would you mind sharing with the audience a little bit more about your background besides what I've already read over here? And just how you got into music and tarot reading and healing. Totally. I'll start with music because that's definitely been part of my life the longest. So I started music. My earliest memory of like performing and singing was when I was five. Um, It was a church like Christmas program. And I just remember that all the other kids were like way too nervous and they just like messed up and then I remember that I ended up doing some like singing groups when I was pretty young and then I got into musical theater um, and then eventually I had a scholarship to a private school for a few years for um, performing uh, arts and then after and then during this time I always wrote music I've always 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 wrote songs but like just completely 100% only for me like I never ever thought or dreamed of singing them to other people Um, and then after I graduated high school I went straight into community college and I pretty much just like stopped performing like at all because I always went through like school or you know stuff like that Um, so then yeah after like a couple years of just doing absolutely nothing um, with the music during the pandemic I was going through like extremely painful stomach issues that I just like, it felt like they came out of nowhere and I just did not understand. And it took me about eight or 10 months to even figure out like what the heck was even causing the pain because abdominal pain is really confusing. It's just like pressure everywhere. It's just, it's really hard to get to the bottom of it. Yeah, when the pandemic started, I was working for Parks and Recreation in the city of San Jose um, with kids. And then obviously the school shut down, the library shut down, the park shut down. So I found myself um, super sick and unemployed. And so for a while there, I was just kind of making ends meet however I could, like door dashing, trying to do like nannying jobs, just like literally trying anything just to keep paying my bills. At this time, I was living in Santa Cruz and Esalen Institute is located in Big Sur. So it's about two hours south. Um, And I got this roommate and she would, she got this job and she'd be gone for like four days at a time and then be home for three days. And I was like, what the heck is she doing? You know, like, what's her job? Is she a firefighter? Um, and it turns out she was working at Esalen Institute, which is a very famous, um, it's like a retreat now, but it's very much like, kind of think like Summer of Love, 1960s, like the hippies, the like, just like what you would imagine it's that and they did like a bunch of um how would you say like experimentation with psychedelics for helping to heal trauma plant medicines um they had like 
when I was there, a lot of indigenous um, like medicine women would come and, and hold workshops there. So it's just a space where for the last like 50 or 60, however many years, it's kind of been a place for people who practice, you know, stuff other than just like Western medicine. They're able to come and hold workshops. So like writing workshops, um, mushroom workshops, uh, breathwork workshops, dancing workshops. And so I ended up um, getting a job there as well because it interested me. And I, I was just like so freaking desperate for money too. Um, and then little did I know that like that 15 months would be so instrumental in like, I call it like realigning with my path. Yeah, and just like eating really clean, being really mindful about what I ate. And yeah, just the entire, just just also meeting people for the first time that were artists. Um, they had like their freelancers or just like a totally different kind of person because I'm from San Jose. So it's very techy and it's very like prestigious and studious when it comes to like your career. I feel like people you know, they want to work for Google or, you know, and I just never resonated with that. And so I think in a way, being in Big Sur with all of those like freelancers, hippies, just like people who dared to kind of dream a little bit. I think that was the most healing thing of all for me. Yeah, that's so awesome. So and you notice that and that's why we experience different places, living places, you know, like, for example, like you said, the Silicon Valley is very like you either work at some high tech company or you're nobody. <laughs> you exactly. know what I mean? And at least in Big Sur at this Eslin uh, Institute, you're able to explore different things, not just work, 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 but more like I think it gives you an opportunity so you to kind of discover like who you are as a spirit and just to see like, hey, what can actually medicinally heal you instead of like all the crap they give us on medication and stuff at the pharmacy. And that is so neat that you were able to then explore your, your spirit and align to that. Now mm -hmm. I just have a question. <laughs> what, what uh, psychedelics did you take over there in the, <laughs> in the Esalen Institute? A lot of mushrooms, a lot of mushrooms. Um, which my experience with mushrooms started actually in Santa Cruz. I was just curious about it. And I took like a tiny little bit when I was like 18 or 19. And like, I got the top of my brain blown off. Like, I just felt like all of the things, it's one of those things where you really can't like explain it to other people because you just sound like crazy. But it was like all of my like limiting beliefs and just like limiting mindsets, like within four hours, it was just like cleared out, like blank piece of paper. And I know that there's a lot of research too, uh, Esalen, but also just out there of psychedelics being really great for healing addiction. I've heard a lot about that. Yes, I hear psychedelics are not addictive at all. It's just more mm -hmm. of an experience and they actually use it as healing like ayahuasca uh, there's uh, a couple of people that I know who have taken that and they've experienced this whole like life-changing thing where they felt they've seen their past and all this stuff because what it does is like DMT, it activates the pineal gland, right? And then that's the third eye, 
when we we have two realities right one reality is the one that we're doing right now right <laughs> and then mm -hmm. the other reality is when we're sleeping our dreams that is the third eye that is the pineal gland that's activated in in us and it's just so i've never tried i mean of course i've tried much i've done, I've done like majority of everything but I don't, I think because I was mixing so many things in the past, like, I don't know what was what, I probably wasn't doing it right, but that's good that you were supervised in an, uh, like an institute where it's more like a healing, not just for like partying, but more like self-healing. And I do believe there's like this uh, show on Netflix, right? I don't know if you've seen it, but it was about, it's called Shrooms or Mushroom or something. And it's supposed to be, uh, it's not, a, it's not the scary movie. <laughs> But it's like a documentary about how mushrooms are actually uh, good for healing uh, childhood trauma, apparently. Um, I think I have seen bits and pieces of that. I'm one of those people where like you put on the movie and I'm snoring five minutes later. So I haven't really seen anything like all the way through. Um, but I 100%, 110% um, believe that because I did have a lot of trauma I moved out when I was 18 just because my life was pretty turbulent as a teenager. I had a really, really toxic um, relationship, if you can call it that. There was pretty much just like when I was about 13, I, was, I remember I was about to turn 14. There was this guy in my high school at the fancy private school that I had my scholarship at. So he became interested in me. And I remember just like thinking nothing of it because I was very sheltered. I grew up in a very, you know, religious, strict, you know, like I couldn't watch PG-13 movies, like even when I was 13, like I was really just like, I was sheltered as much as my parents could shelter me pretty much. And um, I think that kind of like inner light and naivety kind of attracted this like uh how would you say like not like a leech but like you know moths to a flame so this guy was just like super troubled already he was a year older than me but like he had just he just knew about adult things and the world and he was already doing drugs and like just like the opposite of where I was like literally and over the next like four years we entered into just like an insanely turbulent, toxic, abusive relationship. Like we call the cops on each other. We would like, it was just bad. It was so bad. And as an adult now, when I look back on it, I see that it was like so manipulative. And I, I think I was really taken advantage of for sure. Um, and ultimately, it just, like, completely destroyed my self-confidence. So by the time I was 17, we had been, like, I don't even want to say dating because he would, like, break up with me and then get back, to, you know, want to get back together. And then if I would try to leave, he would, like, threaten to kill me or threaten to kill my family. Like, it was very bad. It was really bad. And um, so I kind of eventually reached a point when I was graduating high school that I realized like I just had to leave town because people like that because you know he's and then even after I left he still stalked me for a couple months um you know threatening to kill me so it was just tra so traumatic and I felt like it also estranged me from my family as well um 
because you know people like that they don't want you to have any support system or anyone that can stand up for you they want to isolate you and ruin your self-confidence so that you don't feel like you can leave them you know um but eventually I just started seeing like community college as my way out like if I just move to a new city um that's like the only way I can like get rid of this like abuser pretty much and so my journey with mushrooms started maybe like a year after that and seriously I can't really even explain and I'm not saying everyone should just go out and eat a bunch of mushrooms it's it's more than that you need to be like in a safe environment with someone that you trust um, you need to make sure you know how much you're taking and don't take a lot. You need to have intention. You know, I'm not just saying be reckless with it. It's like any substance you, you need to have some like parameters. Um, but yeah, it just like, I remember the first time I took mushrooms, the biggest takeaway I had was for whatever reason, I saw myself as my mother holding me as a baby. And I felt for the first time, and I don't have kids, I just have a cat, but in that moment, it gave me like a sneak preview of how much my mom loves me. And just like feeling a mother's love for just a few seconds, it was so powerful. I'll never forget it. And then from that point on, I began actively um, healing my relationship with my mom and also my whole family. Um, and then also, yeah, just there's a million other things I had to work on too and still but yeah I definitely am a firm believer in the medicinal um, properties of mushrooms for sure yes and what did your mom say when you were coming into I guess uh, a new relationship with her was she was she responsive what was what was her thoughts you know we never had a formal conversation about it because I've always loved my mom but I think I, I just carried so much guilt and shame because I thought the abuse that I went through at the hands of that guy, I thought it was my fault. I, I 100%, I just thought it was like I had so much guilt and shame and I just felt like my parents were like so like disappointed in me almost. So it was really kind of me projecting onto them. I don't think they ever loved me any differently throughout that whole experience or after so for me it was like an internal change um that allowed me to like open my heart again and because you know for a while there I wasn't like I'm just kind of keeping my whole life private I would still talk to my parents but I wouldn't really like share anything with them they definitely don't know I do mushrooms so when they I shouldn't say do I've done a lot of mushrooms so this will be a nice surprise for them on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, Nicole. <laughs> no, no, they love you. They, they love gotta you. have figured it out by now. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And like I said, you know, you're, but your intention is really the intention. You're not out there partying and being reckless with it is because you're in a safe environment and is actually uh, like medicine. Like you said, like, like for me, when I was detoxing alcohol, they gave me what morphine, they gave me Valium, they gave me all these things, which was just chemical, chemical, chemical. So I don't know, maybe if they gave me something that was like natural, that would even be better. That was not addictive, of course. And I hear mushrooms are not. 
But yeah, no, it's just a different story when it comes to drinking. But thank you for sharing about your relationship, because I think all of us have gone through relationships just like that. Seriously, mm-hmm. I've gone through many of them. I I I felt like it was me. Actually, it was me though. <laughs> I was the issue because I had some unhealing things going on within me that I just kept inside, and so I would project all of my anger towards all the guys that I was in relationships with by hurting them physically and emotionally. And I was the manipulative one. And and plus, when it, with you, when you have alcohol on top of that, you're just like a you were. You're a demon. Let's just say that. <laughs> You're a demon. Like, seriously, it's just really crazy, crazy behavior. But thank you so much for sharing. And I'm I'm so happy to hear that you've moved on and you've just healed. Of course, we're always healing more and more each and every day. What are some other practices you do to heal yourself? Something else? Tarot, for sure. Yeah, let's talk about that because I'm fascinated about that. <laughs> I see it on TikTok all the time and I'm like watching. I'm like... <gasps> sounds like it's for me you know because they would just pull out some cards because I hear them say and like the cards would just flick up and I'm like how did that do that can you explain what that is (laughs) totally so I had never heard even like heard of tarot like literally I had I knew like about Ouija boards but like I didn't know anything about anything else like anything in that world and then I had a roommate And she had a friend come over one time and she was like this cool girl. And she had like, I'll never forget, like a little elephant tattoo. And like, she was like, you want me to read your cards? And I was like, uh, okay, like, why not? And then I remember she pulled out just a couple cards and like interpreted it. But for some reason, it really resonated with me. And it also really piqued my curiosity. So I drove myself downtown to downtown Santa Cruz and I went to this like little magic shop and I just picked out a deck of cards and um yeah I ended up getting extremely into it so there's like lots of different ways that you can have a relationship with tarot some people are really by the book you know each card has like a specific meaning um you know pairings of cards have different meanings and you can just read it like you know, just like that. But I found it to be a really great tool for introspection. Like, you know, pull like one card for the day and then just kind of think like, huh, how does this relate to me now? Because I almost feel like in your third eye or your, you know, your third eye chakra, whatever you believe, um, like your wisdom lives. I really believe people already know what they need to know. But sometimes it's just easier when you have some type of tool to help you with it, whether that be like tarot, a therapist, a a good friend to talk to, like sometimes just um, that introspection, I think is the most helpful thing of all. So it just started out like that for me, just like pull one card a day and kind of just like think about it throughout the day. And then over time, I just started to really know the cards and, um, then when I went to Big Sur, there were they were selling um, tarot readings, and people were paying a lot of money for them. And I was kind of thinking like, huh, I didn't really think anyone took this seriously, um, but they definitely do. And so I had the pleasure of meeting some other tarot readers, and everyone I've ever met, first of all, just does it completely differently. 
So I don't want to like say too much what my method is, but I'm more on the intuitive side. So I just kind of use the artwork on the cards. And I just have noticed that what I notice in the cards typically is the message I'm supposed to deliver. Um, so it's kind of like, uh, what would you even call that? I, I, I just feel like spirit. I paint a picture. <laughs> yeah, totally. They call it I spirit. <laughs> mm -hmm, I just paint a picture and then it kind of will give me some interpretation of what this person might be going through. And then over time, I just realized that I was really good at it. And there was a market of people there that wanted to pay for it. So that's just how I got into it. That is awesome. Now, these people, do they just like, hey, hey, read my card, read my card? Or do you have to have to, have to book appointments with you? And did you have like a busy a pack schedule? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, totally started out just being like, oh, read my card, read my cards. And it's also very kind of draining when you're tapping into other people's energy, I know you do massage, so I'm sure you understand. Like, if someone comes in and they're so stressed out, you're the one that kind of has to, like, make sense of it. And in a way, like, it, it kind of takes a lot out of you as the practitioner. Tarot is identical. Oh. And so eventually I did have to kind of put some boundaries and be like, okay, you know, serious inquiries only and you need to pay me and you have to skill in advance don't come find me at lunch and ask me um because yeah it would definitely you know especially if people are in a very uncertain place in their life I pick up on that really heavily so I do kind of have to like make sure I sage first kind of meditate first have an intentional space I think intention is everything for everything that you do you it's good to have an intention so yeah the tarot really just came out of nowhere for me like I never expected to to get into it but yeah you yeah. discovered a gift that you didn't know you had huh <laughs> yeah what other gifts do you have I mean there's that there's singing <laughs> there's just being a kind Nicole <laughs> that there is <laughs> any other gifts um I do experience very vivid meaningful dreams I get messages heavily in my dreams like how you're talking about we have our reality when we're awake in our reality when we're asleep I'm very fortunate I don't know if I would call it fortunate but I, I'm very aware in my dream state and when I wake up I can still recall them and um, they're very uh they always vivid, represent huh? something. Yeah, exactly. It's neat because uh, I always dreamt in color and I still do. And it's just like my dreams, like I always, before I go to bed, I'm, I tell my husband, I said, okay, let me see where my spirit goes tonight. <laughs> yes. I feel like we go places and like sometimes they're not so nice. And sometimes they're like, it feels like it's too much like reality here. And it just wanders off and does these things. And I mean, I don't think I get any messages. I, I get experiences, things that I oh. thought, like, I'll fly all of a sudden. I'll be falling all of a sudden. Those are scary. <laughs> I don't like the falling ones. But I, <laughs> but I don't die. That's the thing. I'm always alive. Even if it's like the worst, like the scariest, scariest dream, like I'm able to fight that evil in my dream because I have such a strong 
spirit now not before when I was drinking it was not like that I was very weak and was attacked constantly but now I can when I do get attacked or if I have very bad dreams I am able to reverse it and and have a and protect myself (laughs) so I love that yeah it is super cool it is super cool so I have a couple of questions that I wanted to ask you so how can people meet themselves on a deeper level and strengthen their bond with their mind, body, and soul? So I think the first thing that I really believe is like the best starting point and something to continue on your spiritual journey is sitting with yourself, sitting with your emotions, sitting with your pain. And this is where I started on my spiritual journey when I had my severe stomach pain. It got to the point I would go like five days without being able to sleep because the pain was just so intense and I just didn't understand. Now looking back on it, I see, you know, the trauma I went through, I just held it right in my stomach. And um, I think meditating, I like, or just kind of, yeah, sitting with yourself. I like to put one hand on my heart and then one on my stomach and just kind of like sit there for a minute and just check in with yourself. Like, how is my mind feeling? How is my body feeling? Am I holding tension? Um, and I think that's the first way to like open that dialogue with your inner self is to just listen because we're always just in overdrive, especially with consuming and scrolling on your phone. Your brain's just buzzing. There's no stillness. There's no clarity. Um, but I really think just just sitting down and just tapping into what you're feeling, what's going on with you. I think that's the first thing that you can really do on a spiritual journey. And then also just periodically all the time. Yes. And then you are a songwriter. And do you feel that when you write your music and lyrics, Mm -hmm. that it is therapy for you? Or what do you feel like your spirit leads you into writing certain lyrics? 100%. Yeah, I mean, it just started out as something I did for myself. So it literally was just like my journaling. Um, And then, but yeah, I definitely know it's my spirit because most of the time I'll just be like at work or doing something or driving, definitely when I'm driving and the melody or the words will just pop into my head, like as if I've heard it and it's just stuck in my head. Um, And then that little like, few seconds of the song I'll sit down and then it's just like this whole song comes out and I'm like did I write that in a different life and I'm just remembering it or yeah that is so cool yeah you're just like listening and this you know being still like you said and then all of a sudden the whole song comes out you're like let me write this down I guess that's how uh, Stephen King made his movies like he would have dreams (laughs) and write his dreams down and then they became novels then which became movies and then here you are writing these beautiful this beautiful music now what kind of John is is it R&B soul is it pop music like what kind of music do you sing you know that is a great question I listen like 90% of my music is R&B and I also like neo soul um so it could be that I've gotten a couple different things but I really don't even know because it kind of depends like I feel like I have some songs that are more like upbeat almost like kind of pop and then I have some songs that are definitely R&B but I think like and I've only started you know releasing music uh fairly recently maybe about a year ago 
actually, yeah, about one year ago. So I don't know if I've a hundred percent even like found my sound yet. It's more of just like putting things out and seeing um, what people respond to, what feels good for me. But I think like soft R and B is like a safe. You could call it that, but truly, I, I just want everyone to interpret it however they hear it. I know. I think we put like labels on music, and it should just be like a frequency that you feel right inside totally. you, like, and then you kind of like resonate with, and you can kind of vibe with, and then you just like ah. because I love dance music and it's funny because my husband he's like into soft melodies and everything and I'm more like (laughs) I love like the dance music because it's like it it resonates with me because I have such high energy and so of Mm -hmm. course I'm going to love the high energy music with like the house and like the drum and bass and all that because that's what lifts up my spirit and I get things done around the house too that way because it makes me clean faster (laughs) when I hear good music you know I love music now who are your um your music role models Ooh, I would say that's a hard question (laughs) I really love, I feel like just in general right now, women are really on fire. Like even in like rap, hip hop, R&B, like I love um, Summer Walker. I love Janae Aiko. I love um, SZA. Just like, I feel like the women are really, it's not a competition, but the women are really on top right now. But I also love Mac Miller, rest in peace. He definitely was an inspiration for me because he's kind of moody. Like his music was very kind of depressing. But for me, I've noticed that I tend to write music the most when I'm going through depressing things. So I also write kind of like sad music. But it's just because when I'm going through something happy, I don't always have to express that musically. I can just like go run around, dance, you know, go out. I can express happiness a lot easier. Whereas when I'm having like negative feelings or heartbreak or jealousy or those lower vibrational emotions, I find music is the way to transmute them and kind of make something so uncomfortable into something that is beautiful and people want to listen to. It's a hard question though. Yeah, (laughs) I know. (laughs) And uh, with the self-expression, you know, the, it's like an art. Music is an art and self-expression is an art. And when you're able to write music and then sing it, that is an art in itself. And being able to do that frees you. And then I'm sure you feel a lot more liberated. You feel like you got mm-hmm. things out of your chest. It's not stuck in your stomach anymore. Um, I had yeah. stomach issues too, because I've experienced childhood trauma from the ages of six to 12 years old. And going through that, I didn't know what was wrong with my stomach and it was my intestines as well. So I, I totally know exactly what you're talking about and no one can figure out what it is. And when I was to the, when I went to the hospital, it was a children's hospital. The doctor said that it was IBS, but like, what is IBS caused from? Like, I'm not eating spicy stuff. I'm not like, you know, constipated or having diarrhea. It was just it was hurting and I was getting anxiety, like anxious stomach, you know, and that's where all of my anxiousness laid right in my stomach. And then later on, I threw like biofeedback and like therapy work and then inner healing work and all that work. Then I have no stomach pain anymore. It's been gone for a long time. <laughs> and I'm surprised. Well, the last stomach pain I had was when I had issues with my pancreas and 
with the pancreas is because of my drinking. And so that, that created this, oh my gosh, that's like worse than labor pains. And I wouldn't wish that amongst anybody at all. So yeah, I'm glad that you're able to get through that. Yes, you too. I always like, seriously, stomach pain is so painful because it's your second brain, you know? So yeah, I, I really think that a lot of, not everything, but I think a lot of pain people feel comes from emotional reasons and not physical reasons. Right. Because our body tells us like, Hey, something's going on when we're not feeling good. It's our body letting us know you need to focus on this part here because there's something going on. And holistically, I like to then go ahead and do like extra stretching. If my back is hurting, I'll go ahead and breathe more, walk more, just get some movement going, you know, because it's doing massage as you, as you know, as massage therapists, we hurt afterward and we take on that energy from others. And it's hard. I always feel like I get a little bit, I'm a little bit more crankier when I get home after work, but then I just have to like shake it off and let it go and just breathe and do breathing exercises. What is your favorite breathing uh, technique? My favorite breathing technique is just stretching and deep breathing. I'm not a huge like gym girl. I really hate going to the gym. I just like to be in my own space. Um, And I also am not the most disciplined person. So structured workouts aren't always my favorite um but yeah I hold a lot of my stress like in my back my shoulders so just kind of again with the intuitive thing I I just do everything intuitively um just kind of checking in with my body and breathing into I like literally imagine myself giving air to the areas that hurt and works for me (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to try that, giving air and imagine, and using my imagination and giving air to the areas that hurt. I like that. Because <laughs> whatever, yeah, whatever we create in our head manifests if we're really depends on our intention. You know, <laughs> like you said, we're going to always go back to intention, right? <laughs> so, <clears throat> so besides expressing yourself creatively, what are some other ways you can connect with source? be God, can be called universe. What are, what do you think? For sure. Nature. Um, I think that was the other, uh, like healing component of Big Sur. In addition to meeting all the amazing, inspirational, magical people, um, you don't have cell service. There's no one around. I mean, if you go outside into a field, you're the only person there. And it just gives you, especially like if you're a sensitive person or an empath, empath um I think you can pick up on other people's energy and carry it around and not even be aware that you're doing that like I had a roommate that had really bad depression and anxiety and the few months I was living with her I took on those traits and then when I moved out I realized oh that was never my my emotions that was totally her thing that I was like absorbing um so I think just being out in nature and then I know I've heard you talk about this on the podcast too. Um, I think a lot of people really benefit from nature because sometimes you have no faith, especially if you're at a really low point in your life. And for some reason, when you just sit quietly and just breathe with nature and the trees and I love water, I'm a water sign. Um, Yeah, I just feel like it gives you this like inner calmness that I just haven't really been able to find, you know, 
in the city or really anywhere else. Right. There's no calmness in this city. Like literally, I live in San Jose as well. And <laughs> there's constantly like fire engines going by, ambulance, like car accidents constantly. Like we live close to like a fast food restaurant and at nighttime, like I'm in the East San Jose, so it's a little bit more rowdier over here. There's like fights and everything. So it's like, where can we get peace? Luckily, just not too far from me is the Alam Rock Hills. And so that's where my husband and I escape to. And we go out there and we take walks. We'll take the kids as well. And like you said, that nature aspect of healing is available to us if we want it. And I like to actually mm-hmm. put my, take off my socks and and put my, rub my feet in the dirt and be grounded that way. You get some sort of connection that way. And it is wonderful. Another trick that I just recently learned is that, you know, they have the, those staffs or, you know, those hiking sticks. Don't use those sticks, but actually use a real stick, <laughs> a wooden one, a tree, because that actually uh, connects to the ground, which then you're holding that that bark mm-hmm. and then it, it activates you. So there's, we're all connected to nature and it's just so wonderful that I have access to it. So I can, I have the best of both worlds. I have the city life and then right behind me, I have the hills and it's just very calming and soothing. I love it. That's beautiful. My friend was just hiking there. I've got to go in the next few days before I move. Um, but yeah, they, they do teach that at SOM too. Um, they teach to just, especially if you're traveling and you go somewhere new, you're supposed to, first thing you do, take off your shoes and just walk. And it helps you like assimilate with the vibration or the energy of where you are. So I, I definitely believe in being barefoot. I'm totally a hippie. <laughs> that's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, yeah, that's what it's, it's good for you. <laughs> yeah. And so do you do, uh, do you do shows often or where can people like find you if you if they're interested in your singing? So I have sang around San Jose um, at a couple of different uh, venues, but I'm actually moving out of San Jose. So I think the best place to find me is probably Instagram or YouTube. Um, or I think you'll post my like email. Um, but yeah, Instagram is, you know, something I check every day. So that's typically the best place to reach me. Yes. And I will definitely post that in the show notes, but uh, in case no one looks at the show notes, I'll go ahead and (laughs) give you her Instagram (laughs) handle as well as her YouTube. It's uh, Nicole Taylor Chambers, all one word. uh, And it's N-I-C-O-L-E. Did I say, yeah, T-A-Y-L-O-R-C-H-A-M-B-E-R-S. Yes, I don't have my glasses. That's why I'm squinting this way and looking. (laughs) It's just Nicole Taylor Chambers, one word, and you can find her on Instagram and then YouTube. Wow. So we have a lot of uh, listeners that have gone through a lot of, you know, trauma in their lives, and that's why they... They go to alcohol and uh, narcotics as uh, as a form of medicine. What would you say to the listeners? What advice would you give them? Um, The advice I would give them is to, if you think it's right for you, try some mushrooms. Um, And then, you know, if that kind of frightens you, I really think you should tap into your creativity, whatever that is. If you love to cook, if you love to sing, if you love to go out dancing, 
just do something creative and just do it just because you enjoy it. Um, and I just feel like it heals your soul, just that alone. Yes. Did you notice, like, like you were mentioning during COVID time, you were doing a lot of writing for your, for your music. And I was noticing that I was tapping more into like cooking and more like makeup and just learning different things that I didn't know, the skills that I didn't know that were there. And I, I'm, I'm kind of happy. I mean, there, I have a hate and love thing, but COVID, I mean, I don't like what it has done to a lot of the people, you know, I've had two uncles who've died from it, but, uh, it has helped families come together as well as people are then learning, like, what are my interests? What do I like? Or people are researching more about things that they love and their passion. So I feel like if you do take that time for yourself to learn about yourself and you just be a happier person overall and just to surround yourself with like-minded people as well. <laughs> yes, I, I completely agree. I completely agree. And I, I also think that there was a big silver lining of COVID. I know it's kind of like, maybe people don't want to hear that, but I really do believe that. I mean, before COVID, I was commuting two hours a day and working like, like over 40 hours a week, which I know that's normal, but it's a little bit sad that that's normal. And I know in the Bay Area, it's like out of pure necessity because it's so expensive. Um, it's hard, but I, I really think that... Uh, Overall, I think as like a society, we did kind of get a better work-life balance um, from that experience. And then also like, if you don't feel good when I grew up, like if you don't feel good, you still go. You still have to go. You still have to suffer through school, all of that. But I think now people are more comfortable setting that boundary of like, no, I'm going to actually stay home. That's going to benefit other people and myself. Um so I think that's good. I think we give way too much to work here, way too much. Totally. Now, Nicole, like you don't have to if you don't want to, but can you just give like me a sample? <laughs> because I've known you for a while and <laughs> and I know we were just talking about that. It's totally up to you, no pressure, but can you give us a little like sample of your singing? For you, I will. Oh, I will. thank you. <laughs> Let me think. Also, I'm, if anyone's watching this like actual video on YouTube, it is 90, maybe 95 degrees in my apartment and I have no AC. So just, we're just going, giving this fresh face energy. Oh, it looks, you look good. No, it's like, you know, the highlighter you use for makeup and your shimmer, the dewy look. It looks good. My natural. Healthy, healthy looking, <laughs> healthy looking. Very pretty. Okay. <laughs> I'll sing a little line from you from a song I do have out on all streaming services and it's called less than a lover um should I just sing the first verse yeah just the first verse you don't have to sing the whole song just a little bit <laughs> okay. listen won't you listen you won't let me in you won't even listen you've been tucking feelings tripling my emotions feeling hopeless hope is all I and beautiful yeah. <laughs> I love it very beautiful voice thank you so angelic you. <laughs> oh it was a pleasure having you on my show Nicole thank you so much and I hope to like maybe visit you in Chicago sometime I hope you do yeah. you have my number you have my Instagram so come on by all right we'll do <laughs> take care Nicole 
Thank you for everything. Have a great night. Bye. I want to give a shout out to Feedspot. They went ahead and put out an awesome article about all the amazing podcasters and their shows. And yours truly was on it. What, what? 50 Best Women's Sobriety Podcast. I will leave the link in the show notes. As well as my new product that just launched. It is Overcoming Challenges. So if you are wanting that, I will also leave that there. And of course, if you want to be a part of my newsletter, go ahead and text the word SHINE, that's S-H-I-N-E, at 1-855-649-6196. Again, that's 1-855-649-6196. And I just want to say thank you so much for listening. Make sure you leave a five-star review if this podcast is for you.